and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Shadow of a Vampire. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. I'm Alex. And there's no Aussie. Sorry, I was waiting for Aussie to come in then. And just like Shadow of a Vampire, we are an unspeakable horror, a creative genius captured for eternity. That's about right, actually. Uh, to be honest, that pretty, that pretty much sums up our, our podcast right there and then. And uh, so if you've never heard this show before, essentially we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there'll be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including some biffy songs, some terrible impressions, a quiz, caption contest, and a whole host of banter. And also, because we're doing a horror film this week, I thought, you know what, guys? <laughs> Why not have the return of one of our old favourites, the Halloween Horror Soundboard? Oh, no. Oh, I've missed it. <clears throat> I've missed it as well. Have you really missed it? It's better than the usual shit, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, talking about films being put on trial, um, <laughs> Dave, you were the judge last week for our trial of Avatar. Now, have you managed to actually get round to watch it to actually decide if you made the right call and placed it on the right list? I did, and you know what? I think I, it was the right call, I think. It's still a good film. I will never understand why it has such a massive appeal, why people cite it as one of the best films of that year. And that's, I don't get it. So but, you, you placed it on the hit, hit list? Hit list, yes. Yeah, don't, don't pretend like you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there was a bit of a pause there, the hit, hit list. <laughs> but my logic is, you know, just because I don't get it, doesn't mean it's not a good film. So I'll I'll go with the majority on this one, but I've got to say, personally, it, it's all right. It's good, but mm. not spectacular. Yeah, pretty, pretty much shit is what you're trying <laughs> to say, isn't it? Anyway, uh, so let's have a little bit of news. <laughs> Just leave it. Leave it there, man. Leave it there. <laughs> oh, what is that supposed to be? It's like if Dracula headbutted his organ. Sure. Doesn't no, matter. he's he can have another go. Go on. There you go. There you go. Right, that's how it was supposed to be. Well done. It's hard. It's a hard job. This is man. All right. Anyway, so what we do is we go around in a circle here and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. So, without further hesitation, whose bit of news is it? Right. Well, you're all terrible. You are all terrible. The, 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 the schedule said it's yours. You're going to talk about the um, the milestone we reached. All oh, right. Okay. It's, it's my you, news. It's your news. So it's uh, it's it was our first year anniversary. On, yeah, I didn't read your schedule or I put it away, Brucey. <laughs> it was our first year anniversary, our first birthday on Twitter, and we celebrated by receiving 3,000 followers, which I thought was very nice. So we just wanted to basically say thank you very much to everybody who has listened to all of our shows so far. We really, really do appreciate all of the support that we've got and continue to support us and follow us on Twitter and get your film suggestions in because we will put them on the hat to review them at a later date. Uh, just like this one, this was a fan suggestion or a friend suggestion, Shadow of the Vampire suggested by somebody who's suggested vampire films before so that leads me to believe that they really really like them um so moving swiftly on alex i think you had something that you wanted to say this week <laughs> yeah i'd like you? to do my film feels have you got my normal my normal <laughs> introduction for this for this bit um i don't know what you're I'll, I'll do, you can do it at the end oh no there we go thank you <laughs> Good, worth the wait. Right, uh, so for my film feels this week, I was thinking, what actor, when they just come on screen, just lights up your face? Well, who just makes you feel happy? For me, just to kick things off, 
uh, it's Robin Williams in pretty much every film he's in. He just makes me incredibly happy when he's on screen. Uh, Birdcage, for example, he just sort of lights up that film. I wouldn't even say he's like the biggest personality in that film, but he just, yeah, he just cheers me up every time. So yeah, Robin Williams for me, best comedy actor. Oh, so yeah, I, I, I think John Candy, to be honest. Yeah, John, John Candy. Yeah, it's a very good one. Or Chris Farley. Um, I've got a I've got a theme going here. I think. <laughs> got, I think out of those two, it's gonna be John Candy. Yeah, well, I, I mean, well, I'm, I'm not ranking them, but I'm just saying any film with Chris Farley in. I mean, you know, I don't think I think he was a bit underrated to be honest. But I don't think he's obviously as big as John Candy. But every film that okay, that wasn't a weight joke, Alex. <laughs> but I, I, every film that Chris Farley's in, he just always makes me laugh. You know, from even just the the, the raise of an eyebrow, he's just a very very funny guy. Mm. I'd probably go with Gene Wilder. Mm. I thought, yeah, this is yeah just, definitely. He, he didn't always make great comedy films. There were a couple of duff ones, but even in those, there was something about his his presence. There was something bubbling definitely. behind the eyes. Yeah, yeah. There was a, a mischief in there. He was a very good comedy actor. I think The Producers is my favourite one. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That, that Young Frankenstein, even yes. which you know, it, I, it's not the the comedy gem that everyone says it is to me, but it's still blooming good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's... Um, Vin Jim, Diesel. Vin Diesel, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's Jim Carrey, the, the early ones, yeah. though. Ace Ventura, the two Ace Venturas and uh, the the original Dumb and Dumber. And the some Mask. Of my, and the Mask. They're, but they're some of my absolute favourite films. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. I just walk around the house reciting lines all the time to Jen, and she, she gets annoyed, so... <laughs> I know, honestly, the, the, those early Jim Carrey films, I think, before people got onto the fact that he was Jim Carrey and everything, well, until he kind of... Um, did Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. Which is a great film. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, but before then, he kind of played Jim Carrey and everything, didn't That's he? That's true, but yeah. No, in his first then. few films, everybody was like, my God, this guy is just a big ball of energy. He's just unstoppable. But yeah, good choices, guys. But a uh, serious question now. Can anybody smell that? Note perfect, yeah! mate. Yeah! Well Smashed it. <laughs> my figure of the rock is looking on proudly. And he's actually passed out after all, <laughs> all the failed attempts of performing his theme song. So uh, the, what is the rock cooking this week? Um, so the news is there's a potential casting news for the film Red Notice. So that's going to be the next film that The Rock's going to start shooting. We've spoken about it before. The Rock said he would ideally like to start opposite Chris Pratt. Now the director has come forward and said ideally he would like to cast Gal Gadot in the lead female role of the film. So we've got a potential cast there of The Rock, Chris Pratt and Gal Gadot which I think pretty much is the, the definitive 2017-2018 action lineup right there. Is anybody else as excited about that lineup as I am? Nope. I like. <laughs> I think it would be. <laughs> I think it would be good with um, Chris Pratt and Gal Gadot. I'm not sure what the Rock's bringing to the table. Oh my God! Well, <laughs> yeah, will you all just uh, get uh, over uh, the Rock? A little quieter, Gav. A little. Your headphones turned up a little too high. Do you know what? Don't make me start comparing the Rock to Sean Connery again. You have to figure out some reason why you keep doing that, by the way. But yeah, no, I watch it probably, but I'm not like massively excited about that. Right. Well, thanks. Thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Uh, anyway, right. So that is the end of the news section. I'm not even going to bother trying to play. You don't. You don't deserve to hear my organ. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. 
Uh, so, as I said earlier, if you've never heard the show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. So this week, it is the film of, it's the, well, it's the choice of, um, a sh- the sh- I forgot what it's called now. What Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire, yeah. The film was picked out of the hat at random, as were the roles. So in the role of prosecution, this week is going to be Captain Dave. And his role is going to be trying to condemn the film to the shit list. In the role of defense, we've got Joel, whose role essentially is to try and get the film placed on the hit list. Then in the role of character witness is going to be me and I'm going to lend my genuine opinion to try and throw a bit of weight behind either side of the arguments. And then in the most important role we've got Alex and his role is the judge. He's basically going to listen to both arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments that are put to him <laughs> and not his own opinion. Just I'm, pointing, you I'm pointing because you're the most biased person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Maybe an exaggeration. Maybe an exaggeration. Any Anyway, so just before we actually get started, I think we should probably give the listeners a bit of an idea as to what the film is about. So why don't we spin that wheel of impressions? Should we just say for silence in 10 minutes? Because really, it's, it's based on a silent film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Let's move on. <laughs> Hang on, hang on. Right, you didn't we, even plan that. Here you we just go. had that time. <laughs> here, here we go. We're, we're, we're spinning the wheel of impressions. And it's landed on Alex. Wow. So, Alex, can you do me a favour and please read out... Who, 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 who do you reckon Alex should read out the synopsis in the style of? I think it's got to be old-fashioned Dracula, doesn't it? Okay. I'd say so, yeah. Right, Alex, in the style of old-fashioned Dracula, please. Okay, it'll be a Dracula. The filming of Nosferatu 1922 is hampered by the fact that its star Max Shrek is taking the role of a vampire far more seriously than seems humanly possible. <laughs> This is, more, this is the very bit, animated bit, bit more ses- well, Sesame Street, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Alex, can you kick things off, please? Yes. Uh, so, interested to see where this one goes. Um, who is there anyone who'd like to go first? Uh, I can. Joel, as defence, uh, can you please go for it? <laughs> I certainly can. Uh, so... This, I feel, is, is a very clever film. It, it takes the tale of one of the most famous horror movies ever made, which is Nosferatu, and it kind of centers a fictional story around it. And many people, when they saw that film, Max Schreck in Urban Legend, many people thought he was an actual vampire because he basically looks it. If you look at the character, if you have a look at any pictures of him, it's really not a stretch. He's such a strange looking guy. When you think the original was made in 1922, it's easy for you to believe that the guy was an actual vampire when you look at any photo of him like the rat the rat sorry the rat like features in his face uh, the feral teeth the bat ears like the sunken eyes uh, the the fingernails he just makes the word makeup kind of completely irrelevant he, he does just look like a vampire so you can kind of see um where people came up with that idea from and i think the whole idea behind this film is is uh, is very clever to to go with that uh, and when the vampire is shown on screen for the first time in this film, uh, you can see like how unnerved the crew are. And that kind of comes across to the viewer as well. You kind of do feel um, like a sense of unnerve and you get to see, um, like I say, how, how the crew react to that. And you, you have like this instant fascination with the character, uh, with the vampire. And the film at times actually uses actual shots of Nosferatu and like to, to the credit of the directors, there's like no disjunction in the film at all. You, you would probably not even notice when it changes between the, 
between the shots. Like the film is, is that well done and it's that faithful to, to the original film. Um, the director, uh, Muranu, is the only one that kind of truly knows how dangerous Shrek is. And his like portrayal of uh, the obsession of him making his perfect film it is very, very intriguing as well. Like no matter the cost, he's just obsessed with his own legacy. Like even though he knows all the crew is in danger, even though uh, the vampire kind of eats some of his crew, drinks the blood, all that type of thing, he's just completely self-absorbed and self-obsessed with uh, getting his own legacy out there. And one of the best scenes in the movie, actually, is between Grau and Galen. Galen? I'm not sure how you say his actual name. But they kind of sat around drinking the fire. Sorry, drinking the fire. They kind of <laughs> sat around the fire drinking, uh, and they engage the, the vampire in conversation, and he kind of goes on to say how... Well, they ask him his his opinion on Dracula, the, the novel, uh, and he goes on to say kind of how it's sad. He says, Dracula had no servants, and Dracula lived alone for 400 years and then he says basically somebody comes along and tries to convince Dracula to kind of participate in human ways like he he doesn't know how to drink wine or obviously he can't eat good food and yet it's kind of just a really unique way of looking at Dracula it's through the kind of perspective of, of another vampire and you get to see well not you get to see but you start to feel a little bit of pity for the vampires and vampires in popular culture have almost kind of become a, a bit of a joke recently. They're kind of so, like, sexualized, highly sexualized characters. Um, they're kind of made to be, like, very cool. Like, you know, a lot of people would kind of like to be vampires. Um, and in this film, it kind of shows you, not what it's really like, because they're mythical creatures, but what, you know, it, it potentially should be like to be a vampire. And, and it kind of really puts this kind of sense of pity and misery into the whole kind of uh, well-being of, of the vampire. And there are kind of moments of comedy in the film, and it's kind of like a dark comedy, black comedy um, kind of feel to it. But but the comedy serves a purpose. They aren't just there for laughs. It's it's kind of just ingrained into the film. Uh, like some of the scenes, like where he grab, grabs the, the bat out the air and just starts eating it in front of the directors, that type of thing. They all kind of serve a purpose, and they all kind of drive the, the story forward. Um <clears throat> And there's a very kind of, it's a very kind of tongue-in-cheek movie as well. I think there's kind of a, maybe some some hidden messages in there about like the cost of creativity and all this type of thing. And I think as well that the music of the film, it just, I think it's, it's quite easy to do, to be fair, to kind of get like the gothic, uh, you know, kind of soundtrack to it. But it just fits very perfectly and the whole kind of... Uh, kind of fit film just fits very very well and i think it's just a, a very atmospheric film and yeah, i enjoyed it awesome all right thanks um dave i'm going to bring you in as prosecution joel said it's you know it's an urban legend based on truth interesting story behind it fascinating character interesting look on vampires especially when you look at vampires now i'm guessing like you think about twilight films and stuff like that with yeah yeah so uh interesting look at vampires in a different way you know that the miserable pitiable creatures so dave what would you say to that uh, i'd say joel's right it is a really good idea the concept behind this film whether they executed it quite right or to its full potential is another matter entirely and i'm not sure that they did i thought this film you know it does have a very interesting concept got a great idea behind it but I think it falls flat in too many areas. I think the film in general is very plodding and overly meticulous. And it just kind of like the scenes stretch out and they go on for too long. I mean, the credits alone, I think <laughs> you're starting to get bored while watching the credits. It's just, it's very drawn out, I think is, is one way of putting it. I think I see where Joel's coming from uh, when he says, you know, they've, um, they've paid a bit, a bit of homage to Nosferatu, the original film, which was 
undoubtedly one of the most influential horror movies of all time. You know, the silent era, there was nothing like it at, the, at that point. But they don't really take the time to explain to you why, what it was about that film. You know, even without this, this urban legend, which has obviously been debunked since. I mean, we can, you just need to look at Max Schreck's Wikipedia page to find he was actually a very prolific actor. The urban legend about him coming out of nowhere, this is the only film he ever made, not true. Very prolific stage actor, very prolific film actor. Uh, he was out there, you know, everyone knew he was. He was a big celebrity. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just urban legend and people don't really get up to date with the facts on this one. When Joel says they, uh, they, they paid homage to the, the, they've took the scenes and they've tried to recreate them, they do, and they do a decent job, but it's not perfect. If there's actually a YouTube video, if you watch uh, Shadow of Vampire, the scenes that they recreated alongside the original Nosferatu, it's close, but it's still not quite right. And I can forgive them a little error, a few errors and inaccuracies. You know, you can't get it perfect but it's lazy things like the camera angles in the wrong position you know the camera's too close they picked an archway that doesn't look anything like the archway from the original Nosferatu there were things you know I can't expect the actors to get exact you know the right, right angles of the movements and the inflections and all that kind of right but it's little things like that which could have been easy fixes it just seems kind of lazy that they didn't do so and what really bugged me about this film was the fact that F.W. Minot was one of the uh, great pioneers of silent cinema. He was a very impressive man, very artistic director. And he's played in this by John Malkovich as kind of a, a petulant child, to be honest with you. I don't think they really did him a disservice. You know, they, they talk about how he's a genius and all that sort of thing. And you, you get no, it's just expository dialogue that tells you, oh, he's a genius. He's one of the best filmmakers in Germany. You don't really get any proof of that. You just see him shouting at his cast, you know, take walk forward, walk slower. It's like that directing's a little more complex than that. You know, he wasn't just doing that. I mean, it's, uh, and he was apparently, I've, I've looked into FW Mano a bit. He wasn't this dictator like Malkovich plays him, you know, just obsessed with his own image, in, uh, obsessed with success. F.W. Minot was apparently a gentleman. He was a very nice guy, you know, very easy to work with. Actors love working with him. I think they really have done him a disservice with this portrayal. I know it's clearly not meant to be accurate because it's a fantasy and it's a horror movie, but it kind of blurs the lines between black comedy and and this kind of horror element it was trying to bring in, and this kind of secret history that it's trying to unfold, and none of it really works. They didn't go far enough down any of those corridors to really make it gel together as a film. Ace, thank you, Dave. Right, Gav, I do need a few, from Character Witness, I need a couple of clarifications. Joel's sort of saying that it's based on urban legend, uh, it's, you know, it's a real story, it's quite faithful to it, um, and it's an interesting look at vampires, but Dave is saying, no, the story doesn't quite pan out, it doesn't quite, it's not quite accurate, and uh, it's not a very fair depiction of F.W. Minot, and actually, although it's a good concept and Dave thinks the concept's nice, it's quite stretched and it gets a bit lost in fairly, like, clunky narrative, it seems. So, where would you land on that? I tried to play a sound effect, it didn't work. Oh, yeah. What sound effect would it have been? It was bats. <laughs> what sound do bats make? <laughs> okay, so thank, thanks, Character Thank Witness. you, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so I'd agree with a lot of the stuff that Dave was saying, to be honest. Um, but and also, actually, you know, I'm a bit on the fence because I agree with some of the stuff that Joel was saying as well. I think 
Dave, when he was talking about long drawn out scenes, oh man, there were some fucking really long drawn out scenes. I mean, I forgot how long and drawn out it was, but there's one scene in particular where F. Murray Abraham is act- asking... Um, F. Murray Abraham? <laughs> F. Uh, F. W. Monroe. <laughs> F. Mo- F. Murray Monroe is um, asking Eddie Izzard to cut some bread and it goes on for about half a minute and it's just actually probably longer than that. It's just cutting one slice of bread and the bread isn't even that big, but it's just like, cut it, cut the bread, cut the bread, go back to yeah cut the bread cut it cut it and it, it's just it, like and, and that is just that's not one instance that it, does it work no no not at all it doesn't okay. build up any tension at all to be honest in fact the, the tension happens after that and that's that's what i think is a good bit of the film is the tension happens when you're not expecting it so in that instance the lights go off and max shrek is is so eddie is accidentally cuts his thumb max shrek starts like trying to drink the blood from uh, Eddie Zard's thumb. The lights go off, and then when they come back on, Max Shrek is essentially eating the scriptwriter, and that was very unexpected. And but when you have these scenes where you think tension is going to happen, like you know, cutting the bread, I don't think it, it, they, they don't play that well. Uh, I'll agree with Dave as well and say that some of the things that they should have done, they should have mirrored. Maybe they didn't do as well. And the tension as well, you know, that I was say, saying beforehand, I think it felt a little bit rushed because you had this great idea for a story. And Joel said, and the, the, what Joel was saying is correct. I think the way that they do play um, the vampires, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, it's, it is a kind of a unique take on it. I think it is very, very interesting, but it did feel a little bit rushed. One minute they're filming one film and the next thing you know, oh yeah, we're going to, um, you know, this, I can't even remember where it was set, but, you know. Czechoslovakia, I think. We're going to Czechoslovakia next week. We've got an actor sorted. Don't worry about it. And they're like, "Who's this actor?" You know, I feel like that should have been built up a little bit more. It just seemed very sort of one minute we're here, next minute bang we're there, and we've got this actor, Max Shrek. You know, what do we know about him? Nothing really. And yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it. I, I think Dave was onto something as well. I think the the uh, John Malkovich's portrayal of this guy he did come across like a massive arsehole and I was a bit worried that surely this guy must have some family alive who would take umbrage by this really because it isn't a very good portrayal of of, of their father. But, you know, maybe they were happy with the portrayal. But on the whole, very good but intentions. To, just to ask a question, does that work in the film, him being a bit of an arsehole? Mm, it is it, a bit of a um, egomaniac, I think. He wants to get his vision across and he'll do anything necessary to get that whether that means putting his his cast and his uh, his film in danger just so we can have this sort of unhinged character on set so he sort he sort of needs to be like that for the film to work in a sense yeah but i don't know whether he like the the sort the character doesn't really right it doesn't develop a lot it's sort of like kind of he's always that if it would have started off that john malkovich was this really respected and renowned film mm. director and was doing stuff by the book and then he becomes more frantic as the film goes on and he would do anything to get success that would have worked well but it just kind of he he's off. always like that so there's no kind of growth for him really. okay thanks gav i'm gonna go straight to dave now with your point as prosecution Okay, I think the next thing we want to talk about is the cast and characters. Now, I'm not going to say too much about Willem Dafoe, really. He actually gives a good performance as Max Shrek in this. He, he spent a lot, a lot of time in makeup, and it shows. He looks a lot like him. It's a, it's a solid performance. He did get an Oscar nomination for this. But I will point out that it's a very hammy performance. It's very overdone, very overcooked, and it is, it, it, it's played for laughs. In, in many instances. And I think that's true of a lot of the cast. 
when they're recreating their scenes, you know, the ones that are meant to be shown, like from a silent movie perspective, you know, they're meant to be like scenes taken from Nosferatu. They do play the overextended, you know, overdramatic, like Eddie Izzard stretching. The movements are all exaggerated purely for a cheap laugh. You know, like, oh, weren't silent actors ridiculous? Don't they look silly? All that sort of thing. It's just like, these were the pioneers of cinema, you know. It's, it's show a little respect. They had to do that because of the way it was shot at the time. You know, you don't, you don't need to have a cheap laugh at their expense. I think, although Willem Dafoe is fantastic, I think some of the other cast members fall a bit flat. Eddie Izzard, I do actually think Eddie Izzard can act. I think he's a good actor. But I will say that this performance from him, I think he was miscast. I think it was a massive miscast. I think if you hire a stand-up comedian, a well-known stand-up comedian, for quite a pivotal role in the film, you expect there to be more comedy in it. You think you're going to be making a comedy film, and it just kind of confuses you that his role, although he plays it kind of a bit for laughs, the script around him doesn't necessarily fit that kind of bill. It's a bit confusing seeing Eddie Izzard in it. And I think some of the other uh, actors, like Carrie Elways, who is hardly in the film, he crops up right towards the end, Again, underused Carrie Elways. You know, I do actually think he's a good actor as well. I think John Malkovich, like Gav hinted at there, plays it petulant, plays it very childish. And it just, you know, these were real people, and none of whom died while making Nosferatu, can I just point out? I think uh, F.W. Minot was the first uh, person involved to die in a car crash long after Nosferatu was completed. Max Schreck himself lived way past that. But it's, uh, despite the fact that the film kills off quite a few of them, <laughs> these were real people, don't forget. And I think it's it's just unfortunate that the the cast can't really... They don't let you, they don't make you feel that you're watching real people. You don't connect with these characters. And I suppose you shouldn't in the sense of it is a fantasy film. It's not an actual historical film. But I, yeah, I think the cast just fall flat in many instances. Willem Dafoe does do a good job, but I think the other members of the cast, yeah, do fall flat and the accents wear very thin very quickly. Everyone's for some reason seems to be trying to do a German accent. And I think they just give up after a few scenes, to be honest. Yeah, Eddie Izzard's German accent is, is not good either. Okay, uh, Joel, come back at him. <laughs> um, well, w- one thing which I want to strongly disagree on is, is Willem Dafoe's performance. I think, like, and I'm being completely genuine here, like I'm not actually bullshitting you for once, Oof. but I think this is probably like, like one of the performances which has actually shocked me as to like, how good it was. I thought he was absolutely insane as, uh, as the vampire that he plays. Like, it's just so convincing and like I mentioned in in my previous point, the first time you see him and like the 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 crew are unnerved, you really kind of do do kind of feel that because he looks like so much like a vampire, and and the crew are kind of like you know wow who who is this guy, um, and that kind of really comes across in his performance. He just completely fully immerses himself into the role, and I've never really been a massive fan of Willem Dafoe. I think he's always been like pretty solid, but he does a fucking shit ton of shit as well. Um, and good, good, goodness me. shit on as well goodness me there's that explicit label we're never going to be able to get rid of <laughs> and um, yeah I, I was com- as I say I was completely blown away by him like one moment he'll be like an especially needy kind of temptuous star he makes like all these demands of the director like he wants extra makeup he wants like extra close up shots and all this type of thing and uh, that's where I think like the tongue in cheek bit comes into it like I think it's kind of having a laugh at like really demanding stars. And that's why I also think uh, Manau is the way he is in this film because it's, it's almost like a shot at some type of directors. Well, that, that's, that's what I took from it anyway. Um, 
and then like in the next scene he'll be like you know snatching a bat out of thin air and feasting on it and it's just uh like completely two different sides of a coin and he just goes between them really really well uh and he like i say he just embodies uh the Shrek of, of Nosferatu as well, so uncannily that when the real scenes from the silent classics are kind of slipped into the frame, you just you couldn't even notice a difference. It, it is like that spot on the actual role that you know he plays. And as Dave said, he was nominated for an Oscar, and I've made it known plenty of times that I'm not a fan of the Oscars, but for me, it's unusual for a film, um, well, A, like any type of comedy film, and B, a horror film to have any type of nomination. And that, for me, kind of shows how good a performance that he did put in. Uh, like I say, uh, Malkovich's Manau, like some of the some of the points that Dave made are, are fair enough. Like it may not be faithful to, to how he actually was in real life, but um, going off the points that I made, like a, this is like a kind of tongue-in-cheek film. He, he's just utterly kind of devoid of any type of emotion. He's just completely, It's he's kind of got like tunnel vision in this film. He just wants to get his film out there he wants to get it made and he wants kind of the recognition from that. And I think he kind of portrays that really well. Kind of reminded me a little bit of a really shit film in uh, King Kong. There's um, like the the portrayal that Jack Black, I think, plays in that. He's just He just kind of wants to get his film out there and he doesn't care like all the people that die like right, along yeah. the way. That's kind of that's kind of how it is here. And I thought just, you were going to talk about the original King Kong, but you were just, <laughs> your go-to was like, no, no, the shit remake. <laughs> Uh, and, and yeah, the extras, you know, people like Kia. Kia does like a, a or Kia, I'm not sure how you pronounce his proper name, um, but he puts in a great performance. He's maybe just not on screen enough. And Izzard, I think he performs actually beyond his beyond his means. At that point, I don't think he was a great actor. Um, I think he put in a decent role uh, and a decent performance in this. Um, and yeah, the rest of the cast and crew aren't that great, but as Dave even mentioned himself, they're not, they don't have that much screen time. A lot of it is between the vampire and uh, some of the crew. And I think the perform- the main performances are, are the ones that count and they're, they're all like insanely good. All right, thank you. Very different opinions there. Gav, I definitely want to have your opinion on Willem Dafoe. Seems like he's a bit of a hinge point on this. Is he really good in this film? Did you like him in it? So I'll agree slightly with what Dave was saying in that a lot of it kind of seems a little bit um, comedic, like he's playing it for laughs. But I think I'm going to side mainly with Joel here because I think it is intentional. The bits where he is hammy, he's supposed to be hammy. Those bits tend to be when the camera's rolling, he's doing very over-the-top elaborate hand gestures and facial movements. And then when the cameras stop rolling, there is that little bit of, you know, he's trying to be this sort of petulant diva. You know, he's asking for close-up shots and it's all played for laughs essentially. But, uh, you know, the flip of a switch, he can turn into this really horrific, immersive, nightmarish figure and I think he does that perfectly to be honest so I'll give him his credit he is fantastic in this film one person I was disappointed with though as Dave said earlier John Malkovich I think he he just as I said before he just played the character one way from the very beginning of the film and it didn't felt like he had a very good character arc I feel like there could have been a really really good opportunity to have this sort of character development where he has it all he gambles and he loses it all and he sacrifices his uh, credibility all of his cast his respect just for this film but I don't think they fully achieved that also as Dave was saying as well his German accent was a bit shit Uh, also talking about shit German accents 
every single person who was in here apart from Udo Kier who is German so I would have been surprised if he had the shit accent Eddie Izzard definitely gets the award for the shittest German accent uh, we had a debate while we were watching it saying is he is he trying to be German is, but, and, and yeah unfortunately he is I, I do think he does a good job though and, and I will disagree with what Dave was saying when he, he, was, he was talking about them being on the camera you know like and hamming it up and you know this is a, a mark of disrespect to the great silent film actors of the bygone because I think that they, what they were trying to do was be very over the top and over elaborate to emphasize how much the silent film actors really had to act and how much they had to put into it. So that's why I think that that was trying to capture. And in the bits where the camera isn't rolling, I don't, I don't think he is that bad. But the German accents are absolutely woeful throughout the entire film. And that does kind of take you away a little bit from it. Okay, cool. Thank you. Also, I'd like to say that uh, Willem Dafoe isn't my favourite Max Shrek. That's played by Christopher Walken in Batman Returns. <laughs> I, was won- I was wondering if anyone had made that link. <laughs> I think we knew Gavard. Right. Thank you very much. I'm gonna, we're going to go to final arguments now. So you've both got one minute. Gav, you got your gong ready? Obviously. Well, uh, and I'm going to... Is there anyone who'd like to go first or should I just pick? Pick. Um, Dave, you're going to go first. And mm-hmm. if you're ready... Your minute starts now. Okay, Shadow of the Vampire is a really good concept. They had a great idea when they started writing this script, but unfortunately the execution was flawed, massively flawed. What they ended up doing was lampooning uh, an era of silent cinema that they were meant to be paying a sort of homage to. And there's real people involved in the making of this film. F.W. Monod is character assassinated, essentially, here throughout the whole course of the film. And he's not even played well, unfortunately. Uh, John Markovich, amongst others, give very poor performances. I think the direction was a bit slow. I think that's why the film's sluggish pace kind of does never, it never gets going. It never really gets any traction. I think it's Elias uh, Merhig, I think it was, uh, directed it. You've probably not heard the name. You probably never will. This is like the only thing he's ever done. I think this film, all it's got is Willem Dafoe's performance, which is good, but this is all it has. Boom. Right. Strong stuff. Joel, don't take that. <laughs> Go. This film will pleasantly surprise you. You don't have to enjoy vampires or like vampires to watch this film. You will be absolutely blown away by the performances in it, and it will leave you actually wanting to go and watch the original Nosferatu, which is a completely silent film and may not be to everyone's taste, but after watching this film, I definitely want to go and watch that again just to kind of see the 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 differences between the two and Willem Dafoe is it's just worth it for his performance alone he will just absolutely as I say just open your eyes to what a vampire should be like and rather than the the tosh that's on screen these days thanks Joel nice little swipe at twilight at the end as well (laughs) the tosh (laughs) oh nice little handshake handshake at the end there See, whenever we have a, 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 a duel against each other. Or, or I'm really the other two as well, to be honest, Gav. I, yeah. think, I think it's us. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it just us? It is just us, is it? definitely. Yeah, okay. Screw you guys, actually. Screw you guys hard. There yeah. it is. That's why we don't share. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alex, do you need some time to think about uh, your verdict? I would if it was something to do. Oh, time. well, hey, I've got a treat for you. We're going to have a little bit of a break with a quiz. Oh, uh, I've got a song, actually, to commemorate this quiz here, guys. Um, so, are you ready? As I walk through the shadow of the vampire of death, I take a smell of myself oh, and realize I've garlic breath. And I'm not going to continue with the rap, to be honest. But the chorus goes, Been spending most of my life living in a fangster's paradise. 
Dear me. Oh, fuck you guys, honestly. <laughs> fuck you all. Anyway, you know what? Coolio I'd... is spinning in his grave right now, man. He's not dead. <laughs> Might be after him. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> spinning really hard in his bed right now, but it's probably got nothing to do with this. Um, <laughs> what? He says in the song he's been okay. baking and... Move uh, on. Man, anyway, right. Even my mom went to... No, it doesn't matter. Uh, right, so uh, essentially, I often vampires of old are portrayed as rich aristocrats. So I want you guys to separate the vampire or the cinematic vampire from the characters played by, in my opinion, the best actor to portray pompous aristocrats, Simon Callow, in a quiz I like to call goth or tough goth or tough <laughs> okay you ready yes so number one dr maurice xavier goth or tough 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 goth oh, very very strong okay uh alex you're right it is a goth and it's played by humphrey bogart or bumpty go-kart in the return of dr x okay number two Medium. sir <laughs> sir john osgood tough or goth tough tough Goth. <laughs> just nothing, just to the point. Okay, yeah, um, Dave, you're right. Uh, tough, played by Sam and Callow himself in the cinematically brilliant and often underappreciated Thunderpants. <laughs> often. Okay. No comment. <laughs> okay, number three, Dr. Ravner, goth or tough? Uh, goth. Goth. Toth. Oh, Brucey fell over there. Uh, it is a goth played by Noel Willman in Hammer's The Kiss of the Vampire. Uh, number th- four, we've got Count Fosco, goth or tough? Tough. 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 Uh, yeah, tough. It, once again, the brilliant Simon Callow in The Woman in White. Is he brilliant? I, I feel like this has been said a lot. <laughs> is he that good? I was. I know your feelings on Simon no, Callow. That's I just, why I was like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. going to blow up in just a minute. Just at some point, <laughs> just can you stop? All right, no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Do you really okay. not like Simon Callow? Not that much. No, Are you getting him confused with Simon Cowell? No. <laughs> Are you sure? But I don't like him either. I'm talking about the. I'm talking about the actor, not yeah. the X Factor judge. Yes. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Right. Next one is Friar. Morcino, Friar Morcino, goth or tough? Uh, Tough. Goth. Tough. Yep, tough, played by the excellent Simon Callow (laughs) in Bye Bye Columbus. Uh, I don't have that much against him. I just, I don't think I'd use excellent quite so much as Gav is using. Okay, next one is Lord Hagen Derward. Hagen Dars. (laughs) Lord Hagen Dars, goth or tough? Tough. Goth. Tough. Yeah, he's a goth. Uh, William Hobbs in Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. Uh, next one, we've got Uncle Theodore von Scheifenschwein. <laughs> goth or tough? <laughs> kind of say tough. Don't ask me to repeat that name. Mm, he sounds like a vampire to me. I'm going to go goth. Me too, goth. Yeah, big goth over here. Played by Michael Goth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, but, too well many done. goths and toughs and the last one is Larton Krepsley goth or tough 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 yeah you're alright John C. Riley played him in Cirque de Freak the Vampire Assistant oh, we're oh, actually, all wrong <laughs> oh, were you all wrong I was listening sorry because I got me ordering wrong we have got one left it's uh, the Reverend Mr. BB goth or tough tough goth Goth. 
Joel, you're not even saying words anymore. You're just going, of, 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 <laughs> I of, just make of. it sound like it could be either. So. <laughs> well, I know your game making you wrong. It was the impeccable Simon Cowell <laughs> playing a top in... Simon Cowell, did you say then? <laughs> Simon Cowell <laughs> in a room with a view. So, uh, well done. Well done, everybody. Especially Brucey, who had to grit his teeth quite hardly. I thought you were going to say, well done, everyone, especially Simon Callow. (laughs) Well done for for such good performances throughout our stunning career of excellent careers. Right. Okay. (laughs) Moving on to the verdict. Um... I, I, a lot of different opinions in here. It seems I think I'm more convinced that Willem Dafoe was really good in this. I I I, I think I agreed with it. Well, I, listening to Joel and Gav, I really do want to see this film just to see Willem Dafoe in it. I think it sounds like he got the hammy bits right, and he sounds like he got the you know the scary bits. It sounds like an interesting performance. Um, the backstory not panning out doesn't massively bother me. I have to say, you do have to be careful because it's historically accurate. But I think people would know that it's different enough from the actual history of it not to be such a big thing uh and you know it does sound like a nice homage to silent cinema as well uh but it also sounds like it's got a massively sluggish pace and i'm really not convinced by a lot of the performances so i'd say if we had a decent film list i'd put it on the decent film list because you know it sounds okay but you know this is hit or shit and uh, i'm afraid it just doesn't sound like enough of a hit for me to go on the hit list. So I am going to put it on the shit list. Well done. Um, I can't remember who it was. Joel. Dave. <laughs> Dave. Well, one of you. Uh, anyway. uh, Thanks, Gav. Uh, I, hope, I hope the people listening have paid more attention than you. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm trying to do all the admin stuff behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Just it's sound a, effects. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard job. So, uh, okay, well, well, thank you very much, guys. Genuine opinions... Dave, did you think it was that unbearable? No, not at all. I actually quite liked it. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Dave. No, no, I, I lied a fair bit through that one. Um, the performances are a little bit strained bits. I'd say, if I had to surmise this film, it is a bit naff, to be honest with you. It is a bit naff. There's a few things that are a bit cheesy, a bit hammy about it all. But you know what? It, it's still very enjoyable. Willem Dafoe is fantastic in this. Joel's absolutely right. He is fantastic. And I think the rest of the cast do okay. I think they're just blown off the stage, off the screen, to be honest with you. By Willem Dafoe, you can't compete with that powerhouse kind of performance. And I don't think the historical aspects of it really matter too much, to be honest with you. I'll let them off with that. It's it's enjoyable. Uh, I would genuinely say, give it a watch. Would you put it on the hit list? Uh, yes, I would have done. Ooh, sorry, Dave. Ooh, hey. It's all right, it's all right. <laughs> Joel, your genuine opinion? Did you like it as much uh, as you Well, said? yeah, like, like I said before, well, before, when this came out, I hadn't, see, I hadn't seen the film and I watched it. And I was really pleasantly surprised. Like I said, the, those moments that kind of flick between when he's being like a bit of a diva and then he just kind of goes straight away to like, you know, basically a vampire, like a really scary creature, just like brilliant, I thought. And Will and Defoe, like I say, I was being genuine then he did absolutely blow my mind as to how, how good he was. Like I just didn't even think he had that in him, to be fair. Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. So it would have been a hit for me. Were you being that genuine when you said that you didn't rate him usually? Yeah, I was. Um, a lot. I, I think I do think he does a lot of shit. I think he's kind of like someone like Samuel L. Jackson. He just does pretty much any film that's handed to him. He goes, "Yeah, I'll do that." <laughs> what about Simon Callow? Better or worse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's indistinguishable, really. The, the difference. Between <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Brucey, sounds like you've got a hard job next week uh, watching um, Shadow of a Vampire. I know. Decide if you actually if I've got it, it right. Yeah. What would you've done? I, I, yeah, to be honest, I think you're right when you said 
it's a decent film. I think it's quite a good horror film. It's quite like kind of unnerving and scary, but I just think that they didn't maybe um, achieve as, as as much as I was hoping, to be honest. I thought it was going to be a lot better than it actually was. Okay. So, yeah. You I'd, can't judge horror films though, mate, let's be fair. That's true. Well, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I was just numb throughout the entire thing. But, uh, <laughs> just, no change life. There. <laughs> <laughs> just life, isn't it? Um, yeah, so I probably would have had it at the very, very bottom of the hit list. But you know what I say? You do say that a lot. <laughs> a lot. It's on the shit list with Suspiria now. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You can get fucked big time, mate. That's why we're not. That's why we're never gonna get rid of the uh, that expletive sign or whatever it is. Because you guys keep on bringing up Suspiria, rubbing it in my face, and I get angry and swear at you. That's what happens. You know, the last time the, the, the words "Tree of Life" have come up, they've been uttered by you trying to code me out. <laughs> Listen, Dave. All right, just accept it. it, it it's meant to be our birthday. <laughs> Right, okay, anyway, um, so higher or lower than Avatar? Dave? Uh, lower. Yeah, lower. Lower. Yeah, everyone? Yeah, yeah, you're all right. That's quite an easy one, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Avatar 7.8, uh, and this one, it isn't that bad, to be fair, 6.9 out of 10. So, um, just to, before we call things uh, to a halt here, let's have a little look on our Twitter page. It's time for a bit of a caption contest. So, I took a screenshot of the film. And I asked all of our friends and followers to place a caption to it. And this week, it was a picture, essentially, of Willem Dafoe doing his very, very sort of diva-ish, over-the-top performance uh, while the cameras are rolling. And he's sort of, like, clinging to his chest and holding his hand outright as if he says, like, oh, the light or garlic or something that vampires don't like. Anyway, (laughs) here we go. So all you guys have got to distinguish is which one of these captions wins Hey, Fredo. Ready? Number one. Dear heaven, man, I specifically said no garlic sauce on my shawarma. <laughs> uh, number two, should have gone to Specsavers. Or number three, that feeling when it was dark when you headed into the club, but light by the time you leave. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'll probably give it the last I'll one. I'll give him a Fredo. Okay, so well done, Amelia Mari. You win yourself a Fredo. Boom. Anyway, just to say... So the, the only one that makes sense, actually. <laughs> oh, I don't know, film feels right. <laughs> anyway, just to say that we have pulled next week's film out of the hat, and it is going to be... Magic Mike. So, how is everybody feeling about that? I really like that film. I, I've never seen it. It's good. Yeah? Yeah, I really like it. Okay, let's find out what we're doing. inadequate as a man? Mm, yeah, but most things do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I already do. Let's know, just go for, with it. Like that, yeah. But what are we all doing, though? Right, so we've picked out the roles at random, and in defense of Magic Mike, it's going to be me. So mm. I, I also haven't, haven't seen it, so I think we've all got a busy week next week watching Magic Mike. Uh, let's have a Magic Mike party to celebrate our one-year anniversary on Twitter, <laughs> shall we? In the role of prosecution, we've got Joel... Uh, so a bit of difference from this week and in the role of character witness we've got Brucey and Ozzy and that means that Dave you're going to be in the role of judge so just want to say Dave please please remember that it wasn't personal when I placed Tree of Life on the hit list alright man I know I do go you but come on come on let bygones be bygones anyway just to say thank you very very much to everybody who has listened to this episode thank you very much if you've listened to our previous episodes as well you can catch all of our back catalogue and our future episodes on our website filmsontrial.co.uk and 
Oizo.com, I've forgotten. <laughs> it's not co.uk. Yeah. Anyway, and you can also catch us on iTunes, Films on Trial. Why not follow us on Twitter? At Film Trials. At, I couldn't remember, sorry. <laughs> at Film Trials. Uh, you, can, you can kind of suggest a film for us to put on trial and we will put it in the hat. Doesn't you, have to be a vampire film. Doesn't have to be one, no, no, no. But we'd appreciate it because I seem to, be, I seem to do quite well with vampire films. <laughs> no need to brag or Keep them coming, keep them coming. Uh, more talent, Malik films, if you can get them as well, guys. Uh, while you're on Twitter, why not follow our good friends and collaborators, Winston Sang and Austin Ray at the underscore quirks and at Aussie Ray respectively and while you're on social media why not check out all of our other profiles on Instagram Facebook and YouTube at Films on Trial so we can take 10 minutes of saying the shit off the list (laughs) (laughs) self promotion there well done so Shadow of the Vampire is on the shit list thank you very much for everybody who has listened and we will be in your ears next week with Magic Mike.